And now it's time for Eastcast and reports from coastal stations. East Utsira, West Utsira, South West Utsira and North North East Utsira. Wind South West, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, Tyne, Dogger, German Bite, French Kiss and Swiss Roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good. Right here in London's East End. Operating at any level, any time, anywhere, and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. now, now, now. Hello and welcome to Eastcast. We hope you're enjoying your bank holiday Monday, whatever you're up to. Another bank holiday. (laughs) Gosh. Um, Well, if you stay in London, we might have a few ideas up our sleeves other than drinking in parks. Exactly, because that is our speciality here at Eastcast. We come together once a fortnight to bring you the best in arts and culture from East London. I'm Nia Sharpentier and I'm here with the rest of the Eastcast lot. That's Pearl Wise, Martha McAlpine and Anna Xavier and we have a great show coming up don't we Martha? We certainly do we are jam-packed with guests today which is exciting um, we've got artist Tom Pierce here in the studio um, who we'll be speaking to shortly um, we met him rather coincidentally at Crisp Street on air recently and he's an amazing um, illustrator and designer and uh, general artist who does a lot of work in East London um, where he lives um, then we've also Pearl also on her wanderings kind of recently encountered a young ukulele player called Eleanor Dirick, who's also going to be coming in and playing some tunes for us. And finally, we'll be speaking to our friend, traditional storyteller Giles Abbott, and hopefully hearing a story or two. Um, yeah, and um, we'll be hearing from the locals from that very same market, Crisp Street Market, later on. But before that, um, just a quick reminder, you can get in touch with us at any time on Twitter. Yep, we're on Twitter and Facebook at Eastcast Show or check all our interviews, listings and music online at our website, eastcastshow.com. And speaking of music, Pearl, um, that's your domain. What have you brought for us this week? Well, uh, what a selection I have for you. All artists playing in East London as usual and keeping the sounds as varied as possible with music from Death Death Vessel, Meryl Wagner, Leaf, Face Plus Heel. And to kick us off with something a little bit lively, this is Tune Yards with a brand new song called Water Fountain.
Just one more, Gai, do you see that? One potato, ten straws. Science in action. Now, until next time, may the power of the cosmos be with you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, indeed. That was uh, Water Fountain by Tune Yards. For those who don't know Tune Yards, um, it's, she is Meryl Garbus, um, a veritable one-woman band. Um, she combines unique polyrhythms and vocal experiments, and her new album, Nicky Knack, is released in the US this week, combined with a big tour, including um, a gig at the Village Underground on Monday, the 12th of May. And yes, tickets have already sold out, but you might be lucky and find someone selling one online. Um, or you can actually catch her at many of the festivals that she'll be playing at this summer, including Glastonbury. So, And she's just definitely worth seeing live, just very lively lady. Um, well, I think tickets to Glastonbury might also be sold out. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, just, just to let you know well, that. Well, you might it. be going to Glastonbury anyway. And <laughs> that's true. That's I advise true. you to go and check out Tune Yards if you'd never <laughs> thought about it. It's only because I really want to go to Glastonbury and I haven't got a ticket. Be a bit bitter. I'm a bit bitter. <laughs> Thanks, Pearl. Great start to the show there. So I want to introduce our first guest in the studio it's artist tom pierce tom welcome and thanks so much for coming in um we met when we interviewed you as part of the live shows that were happening in um, on crisp street market in poplar a few weeks back and then after the interview you sketched this brilliant drawing of our outdoor studio um radio studio setup that we had there in the middle of the market so we were really keen to get you on this show so um for those who aren't familiar with your work how would you describe it 
Um, my the main thing I do is uh, drawing. Um, I really enjoy drawing kind of street scenes, mainly uh, in London, either observational drawing on location or creating drawings based on photos and, and research I've done. Uh, so creating my own places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, were you already drawing as a child? Have you always been doing it? Uh, yeah, I think I've always really enjoyed it and always uh, really like to have a sketchbook if I'm on the train or when I was little on a car journey or something. So it's always something I, I like to do, yeah. And who do you mainly do commissions for? Like who, where's the demand? Um, well, the doing drawings on commission is something I've started doing recently, drawing people's houses for them because I really... I really love that kind of location drawing, so that kind of followed on naturally from from that, yeah. So they're kind of like sim- quite simple line drawings in a way, but you get so much across, because just from that sketch that you did of our like little radio set up, Martha's nodding as well. Yeah, we were there. I love um, that. But, you know, so much of the sort of atmosphere of it was brought across, I think. How do uh, you sort of get uh, that? <laughs> I, th- I think it's... Um, Partly just I've always, I remember from, from a long time ago, um, always enjoying that, that style of drawing. I remember a tutor saying to me, trying to, to say as much as he can with just with one line. And then um, because I like to sketch on the go, I would carry a pen, fountain pen. And so it's like that thing of trying to, to use just ink and just record something very quickly with a few strokes. Yeah. It's a real skill. Yeah, I guess that's, that's just how I've developed. So I, do, I do it so much that, that I've kind of developed that, that direction of trying to capture things quite quickly. There's something a bit sort of cartoony about it, isn't there? And I, I can almost imagine it as, a, as, a moving, as moving images mm, as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really like um, kind of an animation, anime and, and graphic novels, comics, that kind of thing. And you do work in colour as well, I've noticed on your website. There's a, it's obviously a colour section. Are those the prints that you sell? Yeah, so, so I've, the kind of way I work is I like to work in cafes and places like that. So I would tend to go and draw there and then take the take the print the drawing back home and scan it in and add the colour afterwards. Ah, so, so yeah, on the computer? Yeah. Uh-huh. So then, yeah, then you can get those kind of bright kind of, I guess, comic style colours. So I suppose it's a nice present to give somebody, isn't it? If it's a, if it's a sketch of their of their home or I don't know, or their business or something, yeah. and then they, they get it. I'd love my home, not that I own a home. But <laughs> one day yeah. when I own a home, I'm going to ask Tom to sketch it. <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, I'm, I really like them. The, I work in Canary Wharf, so I do see the area quite a lot, and I think that you capture that that feeling the the area so well and i think it's quite easy to understand that that's the area that you're um you know drawing oh, okay you c- do right. capture the essence of it oh, i think thanks. do you okay. stick so you stick around east london mainly um yeah i mean I, i've been in, in in limehouse and and whopping so just been trying to explore that area as much as I can while, while I've lived there and drawing the, all the wharfs and the docks and that kind of thing. So. Would you say that sort of urban landscape-wise, that area is fairly interesting, maybe, in London? Yes, I mean, it's because I only visited it a few times up, up till, till moving there and there's so much that seems quite unique, like all the old, the old docks and, and the, some of them, they filled them in and built flats but you can still find kind of traces of the old ones so that's really interesting just stumbling on things traces of history yes yeah brilliant so you're going to do a bit of a sketch of us here in the studio aren't you (laughs) so you're going to stick around you're going to sit on a speaker in the the corner of the room no pressure but you've got 
45 minutes to okay. come up with something amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we'll... Um, challenge. Yeah, we'll take <laughs> a look at it. challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll take a look at the end of the show and we'll, of course, post it up on our website so that our listeners can, can see it as well. So thanks okay. so much, Tom, for That's coming. It's a pleasure. Okay. And uh, we'll thanks. talk to you a bit later. Sure. So while uh, Tom Perch is in the corner there, um, I'm going to play you another piece of music. Um, on the last show, I played you a couple of songs by... Marissa Nadler. I know that um, Martha knows about this because she's very excited about that um, Game of Thrones track oh, that we played. Yeah. Um, so she was supported, uh, she played at Cafe Otto a couple of weeks ago and was supported by a band called Death Vessel. And um, the idea I had of this band when I heard the name and I saw them was like some kind of death metal, like real heavy stuff. And um, And then I heard them and it's like, nothing like what I imagined um so you'll hear the sort of winsome voice of uh Joel um Thipardo who who fronts the band um uh very just it's it's very lovely and um they're on tour to promote their third album um called Island Intervals signed to Sub Pop and Death Vessel are actually back in the UK for a special gig back in London and at concrete in Shoreditch on Monday the 5th of May. So here's Death Vessel with Mercury Dime. Struck too high, my bell bleeds From the mouth to the die From the die to the deep Elsie
So that was Death Vessel with Mercury Dime. Now for some more music. Um, now we're joined in the studio by a young lady called Eleanor, and I have to explain why Eleanor's here. It's a, a, a nice little story. About a month ago, um, I decided to spend a quiet Sunday afternoon reading the papers in a cafe around the corner from where I live. Um, it's a nice little cafe called Coffee 54. And um, I was just sitting, flicking through the Sunday supplements, as you do, and I hear a lovely voice accompanied by a ukulele coming from the other end of the cafe. And I was like, what's going on? You know, they're, they're doing like some improvised concert, you know, it's quite unusual. And, um, and there was Eleanor just sitting at the table with her mum, <laughs> performing... Um, totally improvised little gig uh in the cafe so i thought i'd come and get her on the show so um take it away eleanor derrick um what are you going to play for us um i can't help myself if, yeah. wonderful let's uh let's hear it Thanks so much to Eleanor Derrick there. I thought she was um, a real talent. Absolutely amazing. It was um, a really Monday treat. I loved yeah. it. I got goosebumps. Um, okay, so we have um, Giles Abbott in the studio with us. And um, we met Giles at Crisp Street Market uh, fairly recently when we were doing Crisp Street on air. And um, he's an East End traditional storyteller by profession. Giles, how are you? I'm well. I'm not 12 years old. <laughs> The readers may not have noticed this, but I'm actually older than I look. <laughs> um, so um, you're a traditional storyteller. Um, can I am, you, yes. Can you tell us what exactly your job entails? Well, it's a bit of a Ronsil job. I tell stories. And um, I've been doing it since 1999. I'm from London. I'm actually not from East London. I'm from South West London, but I live in East London now. And I got into storytelling in 1999... I was living in Yorkshire at the time, and I came across people telling stories in a room above a pub, and I just fell in love. Right. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Right. Okay. I tell traditional stories, mostly. And the way you do it is you, you figure out how the story goes. Well, it's the same as how you tell a joke. You figure out how it goes, and then the way the words come out, the way it'll be different every time. Okay, because um, I, I know some of your stories have got kind of like Celtic and Viking um, mythology entwined in them. Where does that come from? Have you done a lot of kind of reading into that in the past? Or I used to, yes. Um, 
my my mother used to read to me from Greek mythology when I was a little kid. And then when I could read without stabilizers, I would read Viking myths and Celtic myths. And then in 1998, I lost the ability to read because I became severely visually impaired. So I had to learn by listening, which mm. is mostly what I've done. I'll hear somebody else tell a story and think, okay, and I'll put my spin on it. Mm, what an amazing upbringing to have as well, to have the yeah. Greek mythology. and Yeah, it was fun. So you, so you, you kind of your visual impairment has actually sort of added to your to your storytelling, in a way. No, it's why I tell stories. Yeah, I I came to the storytelling because after I be, I forget the PC term um, after I became visually shafted, I couldn't <laughs> read books anymore, so I needed something to do. Yeah, and being as I used to read for England, it was a, it was a loss. It was a grief, and when I found storytelling, I thought, yep, I can do this, and I love this. So. It, it, it led me directly. I mean, the, the irony is losing sight, I found my path. Fantastic. Mm, it Fantastic. is. Fantastic. Um, and we were talking about The King as well, the film that you're involved in. Yeah. And uh, that you directed. No, I didn't direct. You're um, acting in. The director is a man called Fred Casella. And Fred and I met to discuss the idea of making a film which would involve storytelling as well. And I told him a bunch of stories and he made rapid notes on a board and we selected a few and then we selected one which I recorded, and then Fred and I worked for a long time writing a script to go around the story so that the story can come up, as it were, in conversation with real people. It's going to be very exciting because when the, the action is, uh, was filmed in Crisp Street, no, filmed in Bow Road mm. and some in Crisp Street. And the, uh, when, yeah, that's going to be real live action, but when the story starts, it's going to go into animation. Uh-huh. which is being cooked right now, and I can't wait. Wow, mm. I'm intrigued about the story. Is it a modern-day story, or is it... Uh, it's an ancient... Historical? Well, it's a story set in ancient Greece, which we know from an ancient Roman poet called Ovid, so it's at least 2,000 years old. Okay, but, so it's not a modern story. <laughs> yeah, but it is, because it's still... It's timeless, that's the point. It's mm. still relevant. It's a story about a king who... Offends the goddess of of the growing world, and so she gets her revenge. She sends famine to him, and hunger slips into his body. And so when he wakes up, he he basically becomes consumed by this endless hunger, which can never be filled. Well, have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, isn't that about somebody gorging on stuff which doesn't satisfy him? Otherwise, why would he need more? Yeah, he's kind of insatiable, isn't he? I, I thought he was an idiot myself. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that sounds really good and when can we expect to see that is it what stages is it at the film uh we've finished filming fred will now have the much longer job of editing it <laughs> and i i don't i don't know and and a wonderful animator called jim lefebvre is making the animation and i think it will be ready in autumn and then it's going to play in international festivals it, it'll be a short film and, I love the idea of the animation, though. I think oh, that, it's exciting. It's great, yeah. um, I'd love to say it was my idea, <laughs> but it wasn't. And, um, yeah, so then I think after it's played the festivals, it will have a life online on Vimeo, maybe. I'm sure it certainly will. Mm. Um, so you're going to tell us a story again. And yeah. um, would you like to introduce it? I haven't quite decided which one I'm going to tell. Um do you want one about... Uh, 
I'm killing it. I'm killing time here. I know I'm dead airspace. <laughs> oh my god! Quick, quick, quick! Cut to some music. Uh, okay, I'll tell you a story about. All right, it's re- in a way it's relevant to what we were saying about how I came to what I came to because of my eyesight. And yeah. So I learned this story from a, a story, an English Indian storyteller called Peter Chand, who's one of the best and busiest storytellers in all of Europe. I recommend you look him up online. He's he's quite fantastic, Peter Chand, and he taught me this story because of its relevance to me. So there's an old man and he's getting ready for his day's work. He's, he's winding, you know, he's got, he's got his uh, clothes on, he's slipping his feet into his sandals, his tropel, and he's winding the long piece of cloth around his head. He's a water carrier. His job all day, every day, is he puts a wooden yoke across his shoulders and there are two clay pots hanging from each end of the yoke. And he walks down the road, he fills the pots with water, he goes up to the big house where the Zimindar, the Lord, lives. And he empties them into the cistern, but that's not the end of it because, oh my God, these posh people find so many uses for water. Washing and cleaning vegetables and sprinkling tiny trees and things he couldn't imagine. Up and down, up and down. All, it's what he's been doing all his life. Well, this particular morning as he's getting ready, he suddenly hears a voice going, Excuse me, why am I still here? And he looks around thinking, who are you and where are you? But he can't, there's nobody in there. He gets on with winding his turban again. So, excuse me, why am I still here? Again, that voice. Again, where was it? Again, he couldn't find it. And then he hears it a third time. Sorry to be pushy, but why am I still here? And he says, he realizes the voice is coming from one of his pots. And he approaches, is the voice coming from me? Yes, sorry, it's me here, but why am I still here? And the old man says, well, why wouldn't you be? And the pot says, well, you must have noticed I'm broken. You must have noticed I'm not perfect. You must have noticed that when you fill me and my brother up, by the time you get to the top, I'm not as full of water as I was at the bottom. There's much more water in my brother. And the old man says, All right. Now, you can talk and you can hear. Can I assume, therefore, that you can also see, to which the little pot said, Of course I can see. What do you think I am, a kettle? All right, so keep your eye on the road as we walk down the hill, and it might answer your question. And so the old man shouldered both his pots. He walked down the road, and he said to the little pot, What can you see? And the little pot said, I can see dirt, I can see dust, I can see places where it's so dry it's cracked, like the back of your feet. And, yeah, that's it. And then he filled the two pots, and he turned round, and then he said to the little pot on his right shoulder, now what can you see on this side of the road as we go up? And the little pot was saying, I can see green, that's grass, isn't it? And I can see yellows and oranges and blue. Beautiful colors. They're flowers, aren't they? And the old man smiled and said, Yes. And you understand now why you're still here. Little pot, we are none of us quite whole. But can, we, can you see what beauty you spread because you're not perfect? Oh, a Zen Cohen, the sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not really sure whether you clapped for stories. It's a, it's a tricky uh, I, it was, I was feeling the dead air, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's what was happening there. Um, thank you very much, Giles. Uh, absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. So next we have uh, some music from a young lady who was born in Ethiopia, but actually brought up in Finland. And she's called uh, Mirel Wagner, and she has quite an unusual sound, definitely uh, beyond her years. She's only 23. And um, I wouldn't say it's happy music, but it should move you in some way. And seeing her live uh, should be pretty special. She's playing um, 
with Will Sampson for a double bill show at the Servant Jazz Quarters on Tuesday the 6th of May. Um, so here is Meryl Wagner with No Death. <laughs> A swollen face, long stiff limbs Them eyes are black pits of a place where I've been Her hair is long, still smells like mud She answered to my kiss with a rotten tongue No death can tear us apart No death can tear us apart No death can tear us apart Ah 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 Your body is cold Well it's gonna get colder My love will ignite What was left to smolder I move my hips In her I am home I'll keep on loving till the marrow dries from her bones No death can tear us apart No death can tear us apart No death can tear us apart Ah 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 All day I stay by her side But death has a claim and a right to my bride I shut the doors, pull the curtains and hide I heard something moving somewhere outside No death can tear us apart No death can tear us apart No death can tear us apart Ah 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 But death comes a sneaking in through the keyholes He's clever and he knows what's beneath the floorboards Death comes to feast like a greedy hungry beast He wants it all and here he crawls Here he crawls Here he crawls Here he crawls That was Mirelle Wagner with No Death. So this next podcast you're about to hear is part of the Crisp Street On Air series that we've been part of over the past few weekends. So broadcasting and hanging out with locals in the area in the middle of a proper East End market. So here what you're about to hear is the thoughts and aspirations of the market holders from that place. Crisp Street Market Square, E14 6AQ, Tuesday 12th of February 2014. Walk five metres west from the clock tower. Turn left and continue ten metres, stepping into Crisp Street Market Square. We 
over here at Chris Street Market at Curry Hut, my family business. Uh, we've been here established for the last 20 years. Literally located on the outskirts of the market. In front of me I have the market in which there are various um, amounts of stalls consisting of uh, scarves, clothes, rugs, fruit and vegetable, toys, daily essentials. It's a mixture of a lot of various things that are sold here in the market itself. Um, we have a diverse sort of community. You know, you have people from India, Bangladesh, Pakistan. We have Irish people here. We have African people here. English. We have a mix, a good mix of um, Eastern European people, Spanish. Uh, ourselves, cultural clothes, um, all kind of dresses, scarves, shawls, all like uh, Indian fancy dresses, like party dresses and stuff. You have people sitting out in the cafes. Um, so many options, so many businesses around Christian Market um, that gives it that spirit and that um, yeah, that vibrancy around it. Food-wise, they they've got it all sorted out for years, and all of them are good quality. You've got an English coffee bar, in other words. Next door, you've got an Indian, which is a fantastic guy. The third one is a Chinese. Now that's good. I mean, you can't ask for anything better. I used to come down here with my nan. Like, she used to have the little arcade, the old, one of the old arcades, and she used to get up, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. We used to go pick up the rolls from um, down the old bakers along near Langdon Park School. We used to come down in. The market used to be, like, buzzing, even at that time of the morning. Loads of people about... There used to be a wall outside the old arcades, and it used to be full of people just sitting there, eating their food and just chatting to each other and it was good like good ambience with people where they was smiling and happy and like didn't seem like they had distresses that people today have. 11th of March 1939, East London Advertiser. Popular housewives in the thousands flock daily to Christmas market to get the bargains they know they will not find elsewhere. Stores stretch the length of it, six inches or so dividing them. Crowds representing all the races of the earth surge and jostled and bustled around them, getting into the Saturday shopping. Where before, like people would stay down here for hours and hours, they enjoy their day, and everyone smiled. And whether or not that's that's the market or that's just life now in general, but it's it's like the character of the market's gone. Like all the stall traders used to have a lot of banter between them, and they joked and laughed, and it's it's just you don't get that anymore. That vibe. So I think now culturally it's changed and it's not everything you can get for every person now. It's maybe for some people but not for everyone. So I think that's why kind of a lot of the atmosphere from the market is kind of going. I was a, I was a young nipper when, we, when my mum actually initially opened the store many, many years ago. Over the last five years of being here myself, we have seen a lot of change in terms of variety of people coming into the area. People moan about it, oh, it's not like the East End used to be. Well, it ain't going to be if you move out and move somewhere else. But they come back and moan about it. Um, there has been a lot of talk of uh, potential redevelopment for the, for the market itself. Now, the people at the top obviously know exactly what's going on, when it's going on, how it's going on. However, they seem to forget that the smaller people at the bottom, i.e. myself, are probably, it'll be more ideal to keep us posted whether we are coming or going, so we know whether, whether, you know what we're to do with our future. I hope it doesn't change the market in the sense that we start catering for million-dollar houses with loads of money, because what we've got to remember, Chris Street 
is a market for people that have come from here, not for people that are just coming here. And that's what we should retain. Because when you start treating it for people that are rich and got money, then, then that's when the character goes. Everything becomes robotic and everything's the same. You can go Westfield and it'll be the same. You can go Canary Wharf. And then for the little people that haven't got a lot, it becomes that they can't afford to come here anymore or they can't afford to sit down. If like you've got elderly people who just come because they're on their own, they've got no one to talk to, then they can't come and like sit down for three hours and have a cup of tea because they can't afford it. I think we could be a lot busier than what we are now. Don't get me wrong, we are busy. We have a steady footflow of people flowing in and across the market, going into the cooperative, into Iceland's. I generally tend to do okay because I've got a lot of regular customers who come down from Canary Wharf, HSBC, from the local Poplar Harbour office. Uh, and a lot of my local trade comes from the school teachers as well in the local areas um, in surrounding schools around the area. And when I tell my friends, you know, when we have a little general chit-chat and they ask us, where are you now, what are you doing? You know, I tell them I'm based in Chris Street Market, working in my family business. And they're like, okay, well, Chris Street Market, we've never heard of Chris Street before, where's that? And then I've explained to them, you know, you go down just past the Blackwall Town Hall, down East India Dock Road, just on the right-hand side, there's a market just there. A lot of people actually don't know that this market is situated where it is. We could have a lot more foot flow if more advertising was done. Dark-skinned Laskers with gold earrings mingled with blue-jerseyed Swedes and Finns. English Costa, Jews and Russians extort wares will purchase them with a critical air. The races of the world broke round me like a wave, divided as water round a stone, and rolled on again down Crisp Street. I don't think we need any more fruit and veg to begin with. We could, have, we could do with a mixture of menswear, like vintage clothing, uh, antiques perhaps, um, because I know there's a lot of interest, people are, have a lot of interest in antiques. You want a shoe store, you want a DIY store, you want a all different sort of things, a bric-a-brac or uh, whatever people say. I'd like to see it like it was. I know I'm not saying that can always happen because the way that um, wholesale is now, it's, you don't get that variety you used to get, but you can, you can still find little markets where you can go and get quirky little things. You could buy wireless sets, lingerie, rubber mats, winkles, sweets, rhubarb, socks, floor polish, wallpaper, flowers, stocking, bath, live eels, clocks, ices, hot drinks, or anything else you happen to need on a Saturday afternoon. We want a market that we can be proud of, not that we can go all. Go down Chris Street, get your fruit and veg, and that's it. We all just have to work together in terms of the workers on site, the retailers, um, the residents. Because as you all know, it's a mixed-use estate, so you have all three all in one estate. That gives you that uniqueness, really. Christian Market is an East End market. will always remain an East End market. Uh, and I think it will be up to the customers and up to the residents around Chris Street, around Poplar, to decide on what sort of people they want to see on Christian, what sort of businesses they want on Christian, and I think I'll leave that to them to decide on. If we were still to remain here and this market was redeveloped and the whole area was regenerated as we've been promised, um, and if it does get done and we are still here and we're still trading, the fantastic, the future is definitely bright. Trading, the fantastic, the future is definitely bright.
Face Plus Heel with Black Eyes. Um, so place, uh, Face Plus Heel are uh, Luke Taylor and Sinead McMillan. Um, and they started working together in uh, January 2012. And I suppose the obvious comparison is the XX. And um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of they're, they're going to be on those make out music playlists so, you know lots of lots of teenage snogging going on to that um yeah, so uh, definitely a band to watch out for um over the year i reckon um and if you want to check them out for yourselves um they're actually playing at the waiting room 
uh, in Stoke Newington on Thursday the 15th of May and it's a free gig. You just Ooh. need to download a ticket from the Eat Your Own Ears website. We'll put details up on our website so you can you just follow the link from that. I love a free gig. I do. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Pearl. Um, so it's the point in the show where we bring you some of the best and coolest upcoming events in East London in the arts and culture world. So Nia, what have you found? Oh, I don't know about cool, but I'll try. Um, I've got a nice, uh, nice collection of listings coming up. So first up is an exhibition called End of Apartheid by photographer Grant Fleming, because it's actually 20 years, uh, 20 year anniversary since the end of apartheid and he in his own words grant fleming he says i hope my images reflect the bravery and dignity of an undefeatable people so i think it's uh, really worth going to that's running until the 16th of may at forge and co 154 and that's on shoreditch high street then running 8th till 10th of May, uh, I always include a foodie one in these listings because uh, it's one of my great loves. So this one is Latin American food experts Casa Sabor are running a three-day pop-up focusing on Brazil's regional capital, uh, Anna, you might have to help me out yeah. here. Salvador da Bahia yeah. uh, <laughs> with a five-course dinner, including some modern takes on Brazilian classics, uh, plus live music. And that's ha- happening at Ozone Coffee Roasters building on Leonard Street in EC2. Tickets are £39 um, and you can book via Eventbrite. We'll post all the details up on our website so next up starting on the 7th of may and running until the 14th of june samuel beckett's classic waiting for godot will be showing at the arcola theater in dalston tickets start at 15 pounds for that and are we having a track no. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'll carry on then. Uh, Friday the 9th of May till the Sunday the 11th of May is The Shroud, which sounds quite interesting. It's a two-man performance drawing on Hindu myth, memories and personal letters. Uh, it's composed as a series of interweaving dialogues between the poets and theatre makers Siddhartha Bose and Aves Mohammed. Um, And so ancient and modern combine in this creative, um, sort of inventive, quietly beautiful meditation on death, ritual, fathers and sons, according to to the blurb there. Uh, Tickets start at £10 and that's at Rich Mix. Uh, And then last up, uh, a little bit of a boozy one, 16th till the 18th of May. It's the Whiskey Lounge uh, and Oval Space presents the London Whiskey Weekender. So I'm personally not a whiskey fan, I have to say. I'm not a whiskey fan. (laughs) We'll find you there then. (laughs) But but there's many of them out there. Uh, Early bird tickets cost £25 because it's a whole, yeah, weekend. And uh, that includes the opportunity to sample whiskies from 20 distilleries, bringing over 120 varieties of whiskey. You sounds dangerous. (laughs) And you get a free glass. So that's nice, isn't it? I should think so too. (laughs) £24. That's all for me. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks, Mia. All the details will be on the website. You'll know where to find us is eastcastshow.com. And um, we are on NTS other, every other Monday. But in the meantime, you can catch us on our website or on iTunes. Watch out for regular updates as well on Facebook and Twitter. And what's the last track, Pearl? 
So something a little bit different. Um, there seem to be quite a few US rappers playing with kind of gender stereotypes and identity and definitely not the kind of hard guy image. Um, so something um, and Khalif uh, Diouf is definitely playing around with his image. Um, he's A.K. Leaf, um, spelt L-E and then a number one F Ooh. if you want to look him up. Um, so he studied ballet and modern classic dance and then be- decided to become an, a rapper and an MC. That's an interesting background. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he he's already appeared on US national TV. Um, I don't think this is the last you'll hear of Mr. Leaf. He's probably set for big things i'm curious about um, his playing around with gender stereotypes uh, yes he's got an interesting <laughs> really look he's, yes he he's uh yeah you you just look him up you'll see he he's quite flamboyant um and he's got a, a lovely kind of spoken word soft sound but a very kind of bouncing beats and he's actually playing at oslo on monday the 12th of may so to play us out um Ah, <laughs> but we can't just we before can't. that. No, okay. We mustn't forget yes. our first guest, Tom Pierce, the artist, who's been sitting very quietly in the corner <laughs> and has been, um, yeah, exactly, has been sketching us in the studio. So, Tom, can we can we have a look? Yeah, <laughs> everyone was moving so much, know, so obviously, sorry. Um, but we there's, are a, on there's radio, a few but... you guys can. So we need a little, someone, can someone describe? Because obviously we well, are on radio. There's lots of laptops around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's lots just, of, there's it's, lots of faces around. Yeah. There's lots of us. But I think it's it, you know, it yeah, no, it is a good representation. Our little world here, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it does. And we will post up the, the pictures so yeah. our hundreds of fans can see what we look like uh, in Tom's view. No, I'm, apart from the like uh, Apple symbols on the, on the computers, um, I think it's really good. No, right. <laughs> Thanks that so much for doing that, Tom. Yeah. Um, I love. Uh, it's amazing. You did, yeah. about Forty-five minutes under pressure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. brilliant. Thanks okay, so much, and great. we'll definitely uh, we'll post that up. Okay. Where can people find about your work? Uh, the website is um, drawingsofthings.com. All one word. Great. Yeah. Oh, I forgot I was going to plug Charles Abbott's web website as well. So I forgot to say that. Um, GilesAbbott.com, and he also has a Facebook, so you can find him on Facebook as well. Okay, so we're really leaving now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, to play us out, his leaf with his track Boom. Thanks for listening and enjoy your bank holiday Monday. Jiggy, gully, puff, puff, pass, smoke real slow, drive real fast. You know how we do. Make more say ooh. like boom. Atomic bomb I'm the elephant in the room. Yeah, you know how we do. When we come through, make them all say, ooh. Welcome to Busy Burger. I cannot take your order. New world order. LGBTQ is all over the world. A diamonds and pearls. Black sheep, black sheep, sexy ass fur. Skin color Pepsi. Don't cook whiskey. Team Coco Butter, baby. I feel sexy. Bati my time now. Bati my century. Educating black hotties make them more angry. A bad bitch step in. Anyways, I can never act my age Flexible like sun and You don't even know my age You super duper fly with the uncle Sitting out on Cooper Trooper Beach giving looks More than 89, 94 in the nose mix They wanna get out, I look Cause now I'm that bitch I'm a slayer All day in, day out Now I mean 
I'm saying? Like, find my horse, I'm feeling kinda headless. Don't ask me how I've been, cause the answer is relentless. Innocent, I'm so proven filthy. I'm all done out here, I hope the cops don't kill me. They wanna see me blend in like real street. But I can't do this, I got to do me. Jiggy, gummy, puff, puff, pass, smoke real slow, drive real fast. You know how we do. Make them all say, ooh, like Yeah, you know how we do. We come through, make them all say, ooh. Seen great touches, hot box the whip. Rolling up the swishes, just stick it to my lips. Windows with the tent, we balloon in the mess. Or some nigga shit, I'm a booha, I'm a bitch. Fire trap, easy, easy pass, crazy. Cause Tim's and Kiki's, we got it off the cheap. How many body boys can you fit in a Jeep? How many body boys can you fit in a Jeep? I made them scream my name three times, bloody Mary. Ah, I made them scream my name three times, Beetlejuice. like an imaginary museum and we just can't enter every room unfortunately because we just don't have the time